Two inner conflict resolution experts, Corinne Lawrence and Ali Ansel, invite you to join them for a deep and vulnerable conversation about values and how working with values transforms how we see the world. Through conflict resolution, self-inquiry, and practical spirituality, Corinne and Ali help bring clarity to the chaos of life and address why we feel so indecisive, disconnected, and confused about our purpose, and how we can use mindset, skill set, and process to do something about it. Welcome, everybody. We've got an hour or so to hang out together, and every month we do a free Zoom Q&A for people to ask, uh, ask questions about values, anything they want, whether they've taken courses from us or not, um, any questions that folks might have about values, we're happy to go there. Uh, we also tend to pick a topic to just have Karine and I blather on about, um, and people can ask questions about that too. And today, the topic is around money and specifically investments, like values-based investment um, strategizing, planning. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend some time going on about that. And I know you picked this one, Allie, and I'm really curious to know what was what was the what was behind picking this topic for you. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's definitely relevant for a couple of reasons. Um, for for folks who um, are listening, if you have questions and you want to throw them out, feel free to just like raise your hand, raise your like reaction hand, put in the chat. However, you want to ask your questions, and um, and otherwise, we'll just go on and on and, and check with you as well sometimes to see. Um, so I, um, a couple of reasons. One is I was chatting with a friend about investments um, and um, he's a lot more knowledgeable than I am about investing. And um, I was telling him some of the things that I want to do, like some of my goals around investing. And he was like, oh, well, definitely, you know, we could do that. That would be easy. I could help you with that. And here's all we'd have to do. And like what you'd really want to learn about is X, Y, Z. And almost immediately I was feeling like overwhelmed. And I was also like, my reaction was like, I don't think that's actually what I do need. <laughs> And, and I realized, and to no fault of, of his, right? Because for him, it was exactly what he would need. Yes. And, and I realized, and I said to him, like, I think I need to figure out what's important to me first about investing before I, um, to, to know that these goals I said are mine are actually what my goals are. Mm. Um, because there's something missing here. Like there's some sort of incongruence. I've said, this is my goal, but now you're trying to help me action it. And I have no interest. <laughs> right. So what's going on here. Um, and yeah. I actually said to him, I was like, I think I need, like, maybe I should ask Kareem for some coaching on this. And, yeah. and then the second piece is I was listening to a podcast. I listened to this little money podcast where they give you like 10 minutes on like 10 minute tips on, you know, money stuff. And, um, and there was some episode about like how to, um, how your feelings and your money are related. 
and it was going through these different steps um, to get to know how your feelings can inform can inform what stage you're at around your money journey. And at one point they said to get to the stage you want to be at, make sure you know what your values are. And then they're like, okay, now step two, or step <laughs> next. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm so glad they mentioned values. Yeah. And what we so often see is like, there isn't a lot of how, like, how do I, okay, just figure out what your values are and somehow incorporate them. And it seems like there's a lot to that step. And, um, and so then I thought, Kareen, we could probably connect those dots yeah, and, uh, and, and make it clear the ways that like getting to know our values can be like, we can put the lens of investing on there and then get to know our values kind of all over again with that lens on. Yeah. As we do with each of these like different lenses in the world that we navigate through yeah and and it, it emerges or bubbles up new information that we needed to have each and every time right for sure so is there anything anybody wants to share about like what was did you see this topic name beforehand and if so was it interesting to you and if so why or if there's anything else valuesy that you want to hear about today I just want to make sure there's room for that at the beginning so we can focus on what might be most relevant. No, I'm quite curious where this goes. <laughs> me for too. me, when I saw money is what hooked me, ladies. Um, <laughs> always looking at how to be financially uh, secure um, and beyond that even. Um, been successful and then not successful and then successful and uh, not successful. So I've just done a lot of um, readings around how money is energy and, you know, how it, it's kind of tricky because when you get into your unconscious feelings, like how do you release that stuff in order to be able to break down um, those beliefs to be able to open up for that to come into your life. So um when you said that you're going to be talking to it about values as well, it's like, I still suck with my values and I'm still not really sure. And I don't use them the way I should. And um, so anyway, it just a combination of intending to get back to the values and looking for Corinne to actually maybe do some coaching with you too, which I didn't get set up over the fall, but uh, yeah, it was just a dynamite combination for me this morning. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it is such a rich conversation. We could probably do a series on this, um, to be honest. And it's such a, uh, it's connected into some of our core values in such a big way. I'll just have a, a quick sort of here's some of the it, it, money is really important to me too. And I, I very much um, consciously aim my values through them to say, I as a consultant, I value being paid. I value needing to be able to um, support myself and my family and money is uh, important to my safety, my security. And I anchor it in these top values. Um, I've done um, an investing, I worked with an investing coach in the past who spent like one full session on values that was fantastic, but it was 
it was like, as Ali pointed out, like a top cut, it was like, what are your values? Anyway, let's move on. And, and I'm like, <laughs> right, like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> let's spend another, I don't know, eight hours here. And they're like, anyway, let's move on. Um, and what I found was that I could run through my top values and each of those had some kind of money resonance, uh, even around uh, fun ones like, well, fun and connection. I need to fund my fun and connection, um, my my need around love, and I connect that to self-love. If I take care of my money and myself, then my then I am taking care of myself. It's a loving act to be um, taking care of the, the, the business uh, so that I could be calm and peaceful in my life. And then I realized there was like some really specific sticky um, values just around investing, like diligence and freedom and independence and education. And those pieces are like really profound for me. Um, and it was important for me to pull all of those out and look at them as um parts of it too and I'm, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit here <laughs> but looking at like where uh do my decisions around money or investing support some of my values and where does that same decision also frustrate some of my values and getting that out into the open um into a conscious space where I can really dive into looking at those um was, was important so that it's not an unconscious conflict that's happening inside my heart where I just feel unhappy or disconnected in some ways. So being able to use the, the know your values process of which are satisfied and, and also that same decision, how is it frustrated, um, really helped me understand that space. Yeah, there's so many directions that we could go with this and it's so big. I, I kind of hope we do actually do some more conversations about the money bit. Um, yeah, I think it's, especially since values are so helpful when we're in transition, like when we're making a decision about something or we're moving from something to something else, um, <clears throat> it's like often decisions like that really affect our finances, whether it's like, I'm getting another job or I'm moving to another place or like, I'm going to, uh, get a new employee or something like that it usually affects our money and so it's that's those are the times to come back to our values and by the way like there's no expectation for us to be having our values constantly our mind in our mind at every second and if we don't we're like failing at our values there's nothing there's no like expectation for that um and and one way to um, like think about when is it a good time to come back and and like re-remember and do another do another look or assessment is what am am I in a transition time right now? How big or how small? And that's a good time to take another look. Um, so what I wanted to share today, actually what I wanted to share was like what are all the steps <laughs> from step one to step final about how to use your values um to know everything I need to know about myself around investing and so I mapped that out for myself but it ended up being like 13 steps with like point a b c for each step yeah 
And then I showed that to Cream and, and we're like, okay, great. This we're not going to get through in an hour. <laughs> great steps. Yeah. Yeah. Some we'll use that somewhere else, but for the hour, are there pieces that we can pull out that are the, you know, uh, maybe that the, the, what I ended up doing was picking a couple, three that were the most impactful for me when I'm going through to get to know myself around investing, what are the three that helped me the most? Um, and these 13 steps were kind of, they ended up being like a mishmash of different steps that are used in the different courses. So a lot of it is like know your values course. Some of it is goal set, the goal setting course. Some of it is the um, values reset, like culture jam course. Some of it is the shadow one. So it's sort of like plucking from each of those to make, to like tailor a process for this topic of investing. Um, so I might just share those three and um and then actually it could be useful to hear from people what has worked for them around like mindset skill set process that we always come back to we all we all have our own um things that work around mindset skill set and process regardless of whether we've done anything with values based living and it can be really helpful to do like a little share uh, cross, cross learning share if anybody has ideas. So anything Kareen you want to say before I dive into those? Okay. Um, so of those 13 lovely steps, the three that stood out to me the most that actually tend to really help most everywhere for me. The first one is identifying what my, um, my feelings actually are around the issue. Um, one thing that we go into, we focus on head, heart, hands at VBL. So what my thoughts are, what my feelings are, and what my actions are, because those are really helpful breadcrumbs to notice about ourselves, to find a pathway in to the values themselves. Because this question of what are my values can feel a bit theoretical and nebulous, but what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my actions are a lot more tangible. And for me, I get pretty stuck in my own thoughts and pro con lists myself to death. And so if I can start with my feelings around an issue, I find that to end up, it confuses me less and it goes into a more authentic sense of how I'm actually doing. <laughs> so, um, for example, um, I was sort of writing out my, like, what's my current, what's like current state around my investing and how do I feel about that? Um, so something that comes up for me around um, where I'm currently at around investing is guilt. I'll notice that I feel guilty, especially when I'm observing what, what I think other people are doing. <laughs> Um, I have this idea that other people are more ahead of me or like know more than me about it. And, and, and I don't really know what to do about that. And then I set these intentions like, well, then I should educate myself and I should take these courses. I should take a course on investing. 
And then a year goes by and I'm like, I didn't do that. And then I feel more guilty. (laughs) I know what I need to do and I'm not doing it. And, and, um, although guilt can be motivating, it's just not, it doesn't feel good. It's doesn't, I feel like there are other feelings that are more motivating and more healthy, um, in terms of driving my behavior anyway. Um, and so, yeah, that piece around identifying and literally just letting myself write down or talk through all the different feelings that I feel, all the different emotions that I'm having about my current state um, around investing. And there's other steps too about like, you know, if I was where I wanted to be around investing, then how would I feel, right? But that's a different piece. The second one is, um, sorry if you can hear like thumping. I have um, people that live above me and they're in full form today. (laughs) They must be doing like lawn work or something. Uh, So the second one is once I've identified my feelings, then being able to identify my values underlying those feelings. And for me, because everybody's different, what tends to work for me for good or bad is I like to start with my frustrated values. Because if I'm identifying feelings that are uncomfortable, like guilt, it tends to be easier for me to identify my frustrated values that are underlying those feelings. So I'll say to myself, okay, so I'm feeling guilt about how much I know about investing. So what value is getting frustrated for me there? And then I'll say something like um, maybe competence. I'm not feeling very competent when it comes to, you know, the knowledge about investing, or maybe I'm like overcomplicating it and I'm comparing myself to what other people are doing and assuming that because they're doing it, it should work for me. So there's something about simplicity that's being frustrated for me. And, uh, and then listing all of the ones I can think of, uh, that are getting, that are getting frustrated the in brackets piece of this is also listing the things that are getting satisfied for me, that turns into a bit of a step two. Um, So that's the second piece there, identifying the frustrated values that are underlying those feelings. And then I've sort of been touching on this as I've been going through, but for me, this tends to be a really important piece to realize and mark how many of my feelings relate to what other people are doing? And this is a bit of that values reset, that like understanding that I may have said this is important to me, but is it really just important to my mom? (laughs) Is it really just important to society? And I've adopted that because it's easy. So really sitting with myself and and seeing if I can suss out, um, am I guilty because my guilt is letting me know that I'm dropping the ball on something? Or am I guilty because, um, am I borrowing that guilt? Am I guilty because someone else is telling me I should be? Maybe not with words, but with actions or like if my mom, this isn't, this part isn't actually true for me, but if my mom is constantly telling me how guilty she feels because she's never doing enough around investing, 
it's possible that I could adopt that and be feeling her guilt and, and passing it off as my own. Um, even though if I took a conscious look and really mapped out, these are all the things I'm doing for investing. I'm actually doing a lot. And if I think of where I was five years ago to where I am now, I am like on track. Okay. So there's this story about, um, I could always be doing more that I'm borrowing from my mom. And it's giving me a feeling of guilt that I don't need. It's not part of what's actually happening in my reality. So this number three is a bit of a rabbit hole, but I would say it's worthwhile to go down the rabbit hole and just see what's there and not necessarily have to um, resolve anything from it, but just sort of like, like we talk about letting ourselves um, delve into areas of us that we don't often go to just like letting a little bit of that get, get like unsettled and get mixed around. And um, it can reveal new things that are that or new ways or new ideas. So that's a little bit of the values reset course, but it's also a bit of the shadow course, whenever we're talking about things that are unknown to us, and then become known to us. We're often talking about shadow things that have been revealed from our from our shadow. So those are the three, identifying my feelings around an issue, um, identifying the frustrated values that are underlying those feelings, and then really getting to know how many of my feelings relate more to what other people are doing and my comparison to that than um, what I'm doing and how okay or not okay I am with what I'm doing. So those are three that just really seem to help me and ground me and give me a good sense of um, my own goals and my own, um, what I actually want to get from my investing strategies. Um, and then from there I can, yeah, like maybe adjust and, uh, adjust the goals for myself and, and pick things that are, that are more in line with the values that I have identified through this process. That sounds amazing. So uh, like a, a great process to dive into and I, I love, I really enjoy how you're um, picking the things that you know work for you and it's such a flexible model and, and being able to follow the emotions and, and to do that self-inquiry is really um, like that self-coaching around your values. Can I ask you, uh, what are your top values around investing? Yeah, this is a cool thing too, actually, yeah. because the people on the line have taken enough of our stuff to know that we ask folks to identify their top values, period. We don't say like, identify your top values for work and for home or for this part of your life or this part of your life. We just say top, period. But when I was doing this, I found that it was really helpful to say, not just what are my top values, but first, what are my top values around investing? And they, I named them very different things. And like Karine was saying at the beginning, they are linked. My top values for life are linked to these top values for investing. But it was a really helpful process for me to just get specific and only think about investing to, to start. And so what I came up with, number one, simplicity. 
And I defined each of these quickly. So simplicity for me is having a simple process for myself around investing that feels calm, not overwhelming. That's how I know. That's how I will know <laughs> that simplicity is being satisfied. Number two, fun. This process should be fun. Talking to other people about my progress, about investment ideas, about successes, and finding new ways to keep things interesting. Those are my guesses about what will help me satisfy my value of fun here with investing. Number three, confidence. And all I said there is, I know that what I've chosen is best for me. You know that feeling when, or I get this feeling anyway, when I'm like, I've done all this investment planning, I've written it all down, six months go by, I've forgotten everything I I made the decisions and then I forgot all the reasons why I made the decisions. And then somebody throws out this like, idea or term or like, oh, there's this new thing or this thing that I can invest in. And I have this like uncertainty, lack of confidence. Like, um, should I, am I, did I miss something? Or maybe I'm already investing in something like that. And they're just calling it something else. Or maybe I forgot. Or like, there's this funny, like self-doubt thing that happens um, that again, I'm suspicious of. It's not necessarily based in reality. And so confidence ended up being number three, uh, top values around investing. Number four, discernment. And what I said there is I know what else is out there and I've consciously said no to those things or not right now. Number five, support. I have places to go to ask questions, places I trust, and I um, I lean on other more experienced and knowledgeable and talented people, but I don't give my power over to them so that confidence and discernment, these other values are jeopardized. So there's going to be a funny balance there with the confidence and discernment and also allowing support to be satisfied too. Simplicity, fun, confidence, discernment, support. Um, and just for interest sake, my top tippy top values right now, I'll just say them briefly, are meaning, curiosity, competence, self-trust, peace, pleasure. Different than what I would have said they were last year or six months ago, but they're constantly evolving. And none of those words are the same, but again, they link in different interesting ways. Absolutely. Those are, that's a fascinating process. Um, I think I shared at the beginning what some of my values are, and I had a sort of similar process where I realized that I had some very different investing values, um, but looking at, at the same time, what are my top values and how are they similarly supporting um, an, an, an additional interesting process that I needed to do was looking at when I make decisions around investing how am I accidentally frustrating some of those while satisfying others uh that was a, like a important process um like I've got a value uh financial value around diligence and I also have a top value around fun and connection and those two can be in conflict with each other because diligence 
can accidentally end up being drudgery or rigor or boring or hard, not spontaneous, which is also one of my top values, like spontaneous fun. Um, and so I really had to be like, okay, I am sacrificing my value around um, like, and to me, like those, those spontaneous and fun values look like not structure, not routine, not um, drudgery. So that's what those sort of look like. But here's this value around diligence that shows up. And um, I am consciously making this trade-off. And I will also identify that when I have uh, more awareness around money, I can in, uh, invest my money in fun, spontaneous things like going on trips or um, planning things that I didn't expect and just doing it sort of spur of the moment. And I can only do that because I have done the diligence of freeing up my freeing up some some income that isn't assigned anywhere. So I'm giving one value top top billing <laughs> for part of my my attention. And it also has to be in this other space. And I had talked about that earlier, but I think that's a really good concrete example um, for me that shows up a lot. And having that out in the open, everybody's uh, invited to the table. All of my values are sitting around the table and I'm talking to them saying, you're taking a back seat today because diligence gets, gets my like Monday to Friday time, but you get my weekend time. Diligence gets my Monday to Friday uh, money and what's left over you get uh, free time with uh, spontaneous fun value so everybody's happy and everybody's at least got some attention and not um, frustrated without noticing and that's when you can end up with that internal conflict of I'm and I totally trust trust me I've got to that point where I'm like I am deeply unsatisfied with something in my life right now and realizing that I have overindulged in diligence or these like routine um, kind of values because I know it will get me a good outcome. But then I forgot to invite my fun, spontaneous values back to the table to be like, oh, buddy, <laughs> you didn't have any fun this month or last month let's let's give you some like shower you with some attention um and not so much that it puts me in my diligence in conflict where now I'm like um having to you know I, I can hold some balance in those but only because I have them out loud only because I have them consciously sitting at the table can I do that okay what I love about what you're saying Kareen and I'd love to hear from from people on the line actually to see how how this is landing so far and if there are any questions that are coming out but first I just want to say I'm noticing that um, what's so tricky about sharing the values-based stuff with people is <laughs> if we were going to put out a values-based investing book, we wouldn't tell people, here's how you should do it. From Monday to Friday, you should uh, prioritize your diligence value. And on Friday and Saturday, Sunday, you should prioritize your fund value. Like that's often how, how resources will share. They'll say, I've figured it out. 
here's how you should do it because that's what works for them or that's what works for a big population of people. But what's tricky is we're saying you have to write it. You have to write the investment manual and we're going to give you the steps to write it yourself, which is so much harder <laughs> to write your own like life manual, in this case, investment manual. And you're, Kareen, you're describing a way that you wrote a chapter of your investment or of your, or of your life manual. And here's the chapter on diligence versus fun. And, and, and you've given your answer. And it's, it's not even like now that you've written it, you could publish it and suggest it to everybody else. It's almost like I've done so much work and it only applies to me. <laughs> but the, the, the benefit of that is it's so relevant. It, you're doing, we're doing the hard work and it will um, be more suited to us than any other book that we could have found. And maybe if we picked a book and it had 15 chapters in it, one of the chapters would just suit us perfectly by chance. But the point is, if we rate it ourselves, it's going to suit us really, really well, this version of us. And we'll need to like upgrade the book and add new chapters and, and tweak as we get to know ourselves better. But I just want to name um, that difference. The values work is never going to let us know exactly what to do. It's just going to let us know how to figure out <laughs> what to do, which is why hearing examples is so cool. Um, so anything that anybody wants to throw in about either ref like thoughts on what we've been going on about so far, or if you want examples of like little chapters that you've written for yourself already, maybe about um, um, values-based investing for you. Gavin, I saw your hand. I'm just fascinated by your the, the conversation because two books I, I bought but haven't yet read, uh, The Ascent of Money. So this is a history and it starts off by saying money is the store of value. So it's already talking like values are implicit in money, but it's part of uh, like physiological. How do you get food and shelter and that? And when we're transitioning over into how do we live our best life, not just survive, it's a it's a, a tricky or conversations that we've just let you know good enough. Like I, I want food, whether it's you know bread or corn or apples or whatever that whatever it is you have money for that and you transact but when it gets into something else you're talking about what what is the value I create so the money I have and how do I invest that because I want to you know support it with um, support people who have similar values and you should invest in something you know so there's probably a you would invest in something where there's mutually understandable or trustworthy values for you. So that's kind of quite interesting. And former minister of finance, Mark Carney wrote a book called Values. So minister of finance and chancellor of the exchequer in Britain uh, was talking about values. So I apparently have much to do because I have not read either one of those books yet, but I subscribe to Nahisam Nicholas Tabb's 
idea of the library, it's more valuable to have books that you haven't read than the books that you have actually read. So, so you're you're kicking me off that the, these investments will will actually come to something. I like that. That makes me feel better about my book collection ever growing. The rate of growth is not equating to the rate of reading that I'm doing. So thanks for reassuring me, Kevin. <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah, thanks for that. Any other okay. comments, Nancy? Yeah, certainly been listening, listening avidly and taking notes and then realizing that instead of listening to exactly what you guys are saying to like get the steps, I'm kind of making notes about what's going on for me. So then I'm like back and forth and it's like, no, I'm missing it. <laughs> but uh, I think a couple pieces when you were talking, Ali, about, I guess it just made me realize that values are fluid. So instead of me having these top three values that I'm trying to fit every situation to and having trouble doing that, that I can assess a particular situation or item or person or whatever is happening um, for what my values are in that moment. And I don't know about in that moment, but what my values are with regards to that, whatever is happening. And it, so to me, it just makes it seem like it's a lot more open um, because I could have different values for different things. Um, and for investment, of course, um, wealth and success are my top values. But like you were saying, Corinne, with you know, having um, family and being able to do things for them and you know, uh, help them financially and do RESPs for grandkids and having fun and traveling and all of that um comes down to money and then it's like okay so what am I doing to meet that and how is it frustrated but for me I grew up with um a, a shortage or not enough a scarcity and you have to work very very hard for the little bit you do get so it's sh trying to shift those beliefs um that you know there's billions trillions of dollars in the world and um you know, and, and just shifting that is kind of some of my challenges. But, and when you were speaking, uh, Corinne, it was kind of about, you know, prioritizing your values. So, which kind of made me understand why during the week, I always say I have my professional hat and I've got my work self and then I've got my personal self and the twain shall never meet, which is not true. Sometimes it does, but there's a very uh, bubbly, fun side of me that work doesn't see um, and just, in what I want to do on the weekends versus how I'm very structured during the weekdays. And that just helped me uh, find a little bit of peace with that. Great. Yeah, values-based living, the way we teach values is very different. Uh, in that piece that you that you highlighted, um, in all, all or almost all of the other research that I've done about people that teach values, it is find the top three and like buckle down on them and force everything into those three and there's always like it has to be three and I am very much like mm -mm, that is not accurate there there can be a top three um that they fall into uh it, but it, that's that's not the point of learning about values eventually you may find those but that's not the endeavor that's not the outcome that we're driving toward it's self-understanding self-knowledge is the endeavor 
and you may end up understanding your top three at the end, maybe at the end of life even, but this is an ongoing relationship that you're building with yourself and using values as the conduit to create friendship with self, to create understanding, to create acceptance, to create a um, a path into understanding the conscious things that you do and the unconscious things that you do. It's a very different process that we take. Um, and this is one of those examples of um, that in action. It's it's just not the point. Um, and there's something uh, where you're talking about how do we navigate, how do we evolve these, these uh, relationships with these values and letting it just be free. It's like less rules is always going to be my default um, in this, as long as there's process, as long as we have steps uh, to take us into, but not hard, fast rules about the right answer or the wrong answer. So it is a bit of a different take that we're offering uh, folks in VBL. I wonder if you would agree. Oh, Nancy, you, yeah, please go ahead. No, I made note of what I wanted to ask. You continue on, Allie. I'll, I'll drop that one in when you're done. I was just going to say that I wonder if you think this is true, Kareem. We're saying, so we're saying there are no, that we're really going light on the rules, heavy on the process. And we're also saying you can mix up the process. You can change the process. And what comes to my mind is, okay, but how do I know if I'm doing it right? How, what if I'm warping the process in a way that it's no longer in line with the intention that I have here and two things popped into my mind in terms of like guideposts and I'd love to hear Kareen if you think they're true and if you think there are others one is am I learning more about myself <laughs> am I continuing to learn more information about myself in the process that I am finding is working for me and number two am I being kind to myself while I'm doing it so if I'm getting down this track and I'm thinking, I'm writing down all my thoughts um, and then I'm starting to ascribe to them and maybe they're not very nice and I've gotten the conclusion at the end is, well, it's, I guess I'm just, you know, too much of a lazy person to be good at investing. Like if that's my conclusion, that's not kind. And so I need to go back <laughs> and adjust my process. Um, so those feel like important, like play around with your process and make it what works to you, make, works for you. But, um, if I were going to create rules, those, those feel like they would be some of them. Karina? I think that is spot on. Like I said, the, the ultimate outcome is developing understanding and developing friendship with self, developing understanding of self. And friendship with self exactly what you said but I just say it um in a different way but that is exactly it. be kind and learn are you learning more and are you being kind with yourself absolutely yeah Gavin I think Ali you touched on on a great uh guidepost uh, perhaps without even saying about it when you talked about investing you would know about what not what you didn't want to be didn't want to invest in and you were comfortable with it I think that's a, a, a really great guidepost as well, because values implies relative value. You only have so many minutes in a day. You only have so many dollars to spend or invest. So anything that you spend doing something, you're saying no to a whole host of other things. So 
are you comfortable with that? That's kind of the, the ultimate test of, have you satisfied your values? It doesn't mean that you don't value the things that you didn't do or you didn't spend your money on. It just means that you're understood that you you have limited resources and you you spent them where you you chose to and you're living with that. Yeah, there's almost like this decision point, hey, that we get to when we've I've listed my satisfied and frustrated values and then I look at them and I go, okay, they're not all getting satisfied, but am I okay with that right now? And maybe I am. Or maybe I am so not. And then that's so really helpful information to say something needs to be adjusted here. Let's figure out what that is. I think that's so true, Gavin. Uh, we went down a bit of a different train, but Nancy, did you still have something you wanted to throw in? Yeah, got a couple things. Um, so for, you know, what are the steps for writing our own story? And then my other note is, and while I actually do it, Back to what you were saying, Allie, the best laid plans of mice and men and all mapped out. And then six months later, it's like, oh, shoot, that kind of fell off my desk there. I'm not sure where that went. Um, and it's also, so before I let you answer that, um, I'm also just going to share that for investment of money for myself um, in working the business and doing some career coaching and trying to figure out through values, you know, what do I bring to the world? And if it was partway through the conversation that, you know, I, and I don't remember which part where it just kind of penny dropped. If I can bring, if I can figure out what I bring to the world, that will improve my finances because then I know what I'm bringing and then I know who I'm helping and I know how I'm helping. And that just goes all back to all the marketing stuff that I was doing and could never really figure out. Um, so, um, some coaching is going to happen here, ladies, uh, <laughs> or are you going to help me figure out what I bring to the world? Uh, there you go. So, um, but for writing your own step, thanks, Gavin. And some of those books look pretty thick. <laughs> um, yeah. So just for steps for stories as well. Yeah. I wrote those pieces down. I really like, I just want to say that like, if I clarify what I'm bringing to the world, that will help me in so many ways, including the finance piece. We talk, we've been talking a lot back and forth, Kareen, you and I, hey, about purpose and how values-based living is so related to purpose and like trying to get good language for ourselves around what do we mean by that and how, like, number one, does getting to know our values help us understand our purpose? We've gotten to the point where we realize, yeah, it definitely does. And how does it? And to be honest, that's where we began to realize that there's like a, depending on the language you use, you might call it spiritual component to values-based living in terms of like, how am I connected to the rest of existence and how am I contributing to that? Getting really clear and in relationship with our values, it feels like a natural sort of like byproduct. The more in tune I am with my values, the more I'm living uh, I'm, I'm living based on those values and basically living authentically. And I'm able to really with ease plug into the areas that are most suited for me. And I'm contributing to the world the way that best suits me, which is going to be the way that the world most needs naturally. Right. And so, yeah, thanks for just naming that Nancy, because it's, it feels like 
sort of like, I don't know if this is true, but it feels true right now. It feels like the inevitable, inevitable final step of values-based living is like um, true clarity about how, uh, like uh, about my purpose in the whole scheme of things here. And then knowing how to actually action that purpose. Yeah, and even is that achievable? Because like another thing I wrote down this morning was that I'm always frustrated with myself and my life and always is a very black and white term and I'm very happy and I live my life. But there's this little burr in me that just keeps, you know, with those little points that just kind of keep churning and churning and just make you uncomfortable. Princess in the pea or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's just like, I just realized that I'm always like there's this constant frustration with things in my life and around myself and whether that comes down to figuring out what my purpose is and if that's even possible I've done readings where you know this uh, big fad of you have to find your passion and your purpose started back in the 50s and 60s and you know just pick something do it and then make it your passion so done all kinds of reading and stuff but there's something within me that is never satisfied or has not been satisfied yet so maybe going down this path might um, help with some of that too. But thank you so much this morning, ladies. I know we're not done. We have a few minutes left, but um, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I, I There's so much I want to comment on there, Nancy, and I'm glad that we're going to have an opportunity to talk after. Um, I, why don't I close with one question because we have five minutes left and uh, honestly I struggle with like wrapping things up uh, and not carrying on forever can I ask uh throw it out can money buy happiness <clears throat> open the floor yes yes <laughs> most definitely can tell me more how do you know you have to be happy certainty. within yourself that's not hey. something money can do for you. Yeah. You have to be happy within yourself. Uh, once you have that, money brings you everything else. It brings you travel. It brings you adventures. It brings you experiences. It brings you sharing and connection. You see how quickly you were able to just rattle off top values? Bang, bang, I, bang, bang. No problem. Did I just do something? You did. <laughs> uh, can we replay, please? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll hold that for you. Thank you. Well, well done. Allie or Kevin? I'll, I'll just throw in there uh, a more tentative yes than what Nancy said, because money is a store of value. You can exchange it for lots of things of value. And if you know what your values are, you can satisfy your values, but it doesn't buy everything. So knowing what it can buy and making the most use of that and knowing what it can't buy and making sure you get that through other ways. So, but it is a, a very big component or enabler of getting values satisfied. Oh, what a juicy question, Kareen. That could be a, like a starting point for a whole other conversation. I love it. Sometimes I'll, I'll often actually do this when I'm feeling disgruntled about money. I'll let myself imagine that I do have all the money that I need, you know, that classic, like if I won the lottery, what would I do? And I really let myself imagine my response. 
And it's a fascinating like thought experiment because usually I um, have some ideas about what I would do differently, but I often get clues about um, what else is going on, like what else, um, what other values I'm telling myself I don't have access to, but I actually do. I wonder if I could think of an example. Um, like, I'll think I'll quit my job. If I, if I, <clears throat> you know, won the lottery, I'd quit my day job. Um, and then, and then I think like, my most important values are around connection. And then I'm like actually thinking through what am I going to do with my days? Everybody else is still working. Like, who am I going to hang out with? <laughs> like, how am I going to pay other people to not go to work and go on vacation with me? Everyone else's life is still the same. Like, what am I actually getting from the not working anymore? And, and it just, it goes down this interesting track. Like Nancy, you're talking about there's adventure, there's like travel, there's all these things. And, and yes, totally. That is, that is absolutely um, a possible thing. But usually I get to the end of this thought experiment. And then I ask myself, are there things that I could do right now that I've just like, I've listed all these things I want to do. Like, are there things that I could do? that I'm just not prioritizing because I have this idea that this or that other thing is, is more important. And sometimes yes. And sometimes no, but it usually makes me feel calmer. <laughs> it's like it, it, um, it, um, it, it lets me let go of the, um, the, if only I had this, then I'd be able to do this. Um, and I become less certain that, um, having endless amounts of money would solve all of my problems, actually. Anyway, that's just a, a random reflection about what a fascinating question you just threw out there, Kareem. Yeah, and sorry to drop that at the last five minutes because you're right, that is very rich. Um, I would just add that I think what money can buy is time. Mm. So I don't have to like, mm, I, could, I could do things with my time and have flexibility with my time that I couldn't have if I, with less money. Um, and it, it echoes exactly all the things that each, each of you have said, it just in a different way. And it is sort of boiling it down for some reason to time. Mm -hmm. and it buys peace. It, it, it frees me up to be joyful um, and, and expands my space and time for love, like loving actions, loving behaviors, loving joyful experiences. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's wrap this juicy topic up and thank each and every one of you and each of us for coming and spending time and having a really important conversation, very tangible uh, conversation around values. Thanks for picking this topic, Ali. Yeah, thanks for joining. What an interesting piece. And it's got my juices flowing for next month. We'll have you to know. see where we go. If you guys have ideas about what you'd like us to talk about next month, let us know. Also, the circle is tomorrow. So if you're thinking of coming, it's at seven o'clock MST. Um, yeah, send me a note if you want to join and I'll send you the Zoom link. I'm okay, not sure thanks. if I can. I haven't checked my calendar, but just send me the link, Allie. Okay, sure. Please. I will, Nancy. That'd be great. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, have a lovely Sunday, everybody.
We'll talk to Enjoy you again your soon. time. You too. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much for this. Thank you for joining Corrine and Ali on a journey to create a decisive, connected, and meaningful life. You can start your values journey for free with our values assessment quiz, which will help you choose what values are most present in your life right now. Or if you're struggling with something and feel a values-based lens from a couple of inner conflict resolution experts may offer some useful insights, you can email us at connect at values-baseliving.com with your question. We might even create a podcast for you around that topic. Click the link in the show notes for more details.